Welcome to episode 63 of Central Intelligence Cinema. Today, we've got an Intel report on deck for you, jam-packed with the latest on Argyle, Bond, Slow Horses, and all sorts of developments in spy movies, TV, and pop culture. But without further ado, take it away, Pierce. Beg your pardon, forgot to knock. Welcome to the CIC, initiating security clearance. My name is Napoleon Solo. Bond. James Bond. Natasha Romanoff. Ethan Hunt. Felix Leiter. Elsa Faust. Identity confirmed. Now, pay attention, 007. Welcome to Central Intelligence Cinema, a podcast dedicated to spy movies and secret agent pop culture. Your mission, should you decide to accept it. Do you expect me to talk? I'm in the middle of an interrogation. This moron is giving me everything. Yeah, baby! Special agent, you're not having a very special day, are you? But remember, nothing ever goes according to plan. Tom, what do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. The state will self-destruct in five seconds. Recording from your average, ordinary, undisclosed location. <laughs> it's Essential Intelligence Cinema Podcast. I'm Jason Greenberg, and with me, as always, Ben Esslinger. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. And welcome back to the CIC, the spy movie podcast that is just days away from a movie we didn't even believe existed for most of last year. It's so exciting. <laughs> it's so exciting. The man with the giant hair. <laughs> Also can be used as a Brillo pad to clean your stainless steel. That's right. That's right. But uh, we are back to uh, do a little uh, Intel action for you. Talk about all the uh, the latest ins and outs, the what have yous, the... <laughs> the things that are relevant to you and our mutual interests. That's right. Indeed, indeed. But uh, yeah. Um, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good too. Uh, we're on a good little stint here, the CIC. We are. We yeah, are. We our our tens seem to be growing, but we're still hiding our numbers by walking in single file. Correct. Correct. Uh, it's intentional at this point. Intentional. Yes. <laughs> now it's tactical. We're not just using Tuscan Raider <laughs> tactics to hide our numbers. We're actually demonstrating them so that people don't know exactly how many that's there are. right that's, that's right great. that's right but uh we just recently got a uh, a great new uh review on uh, apple podcast so that's that's nice thank you tens of listeners and uh we encourage that sort of behavior around here should we get into uh oh wait hey before we get into the intel report we got some shout outs shout I'm still working on that little still, bumper there. Huh? Yeah, I'm still working on Now I'm just sort of, yeah, I just got to make it up as I go because I haven't had time. <laughs> hey, work's been busy. All right. <laughs> so anyway, first off, I have some country shout outs, as I like to say, because every once in a while, I'll be checking the numbers of things and notice that certain countries suddenly check in with us that we that have never checked in before. So, uh Shout out to uh, Kuwait <laughs> and a shout out to New Zealand. Both uh, brand new uh, listeners have emerged from those countries. So, uh, and you know, such a tight, tight bond between <laughs> Kuwait and New Zealand. Right. <laughs> I mean, you hear about it in the news all the time. All the time. All, all the, the time. All the time. All so the much time. in common. <laughs> so much. But uh, thank you and uh, welcome. We hope you continue to listen. <laughs> In addition, man, you know, 
we've got some great tens out there. I would almost downright say illustrious tens who are listening. I mean, let me tell you, I was told a story recently that was uh was pretty crazy. Pretty crazy from one of the tens. Our tens are no no slouches. Let me just say the no slouches. Let me just say it that way. They're no slouches. Um also we got an email from our buddy Chris Walkton out there. Um dropped us a line giving us love about Octopussy. Said just listen to the two part review on Octopussy as usual. You guys knocked it out the park. I remember loving this film when I was a kid and loving the more films in general and loving all the gadgets. Uh, now I've been rewatching Dr. No onwards and have to admit, I prefer Connery's Bond and the earlier films in general. That is an excellent assessment, Chris. <laughs> I am 100% in agreement. There you, there you go. I, I, I we like all him. know you have a soft spot for I Raj. Have a, I do. I have a soft spot for Raj. He's just, he's he's the man. But <laughs> I, I like them all. I like them all. But yeah, thank you, Chris. Always appreciate when we get emails. Also, a quick shout out to our world-class anonymous agent in the field who requested Spy Game. Certainly a mission worth accepting. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, and it was a ton uh, of fun. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. And it's apparently a lot of people wanted to listen to that review because it's one of our top, top downloaded uh, episodes. Well, hopefully we did not disappoint. Hopefully so. <laughs> but uh, hey, if you want to request a movie for us to review, why not get in touch? Or maybe just give us your opinion on something we reviewed or your opinion on a movie, or any of those sort or of things. Or your opinion on our stupidity, or things that we say incorrectly. All of, the, all of those things. Just just let us know. That's right. Believe I'm, me, we can take criticism. We were art students. That's right. <laughs> on email, at cicdeadrop at gmail.com. On Instagram, at Central Intelligence Cinema, separated by underscores. It's the same thing on threads. On Twitter, or X... It's at CIC SpyPod. We've got a whole bunch of other ones, and you can find links to all of them at the bottom of the show description for this very episode. So, uh, yeah, please get in touch. We we would love to hear from you. All right, well, should we get into this Intel stuff? I cannot a- wait to talk about <laughs> hair. <laughs> Let's talk about hair. Looking for a news story? Impress me. Transmitting CIC Intel dossier. They'll print anything these days. That's right. The hair is back. <laughs> Argyle and his haircut is coming to theaters on Friday. This this Friday, February 2nd, the Argyle team had their world premiere last week in Leicester Square where all the ushers, they had their silly flat tops out and everything looked like the Argyle books and what have you. And lots of L.A. Conway books and the cats in the bags with the silly window. And uh, they, they also spared no expense. No expense. Dude, have you noticed the marketing for this thing is through the roof? Like it has been invasive on every level. Like I saw it during, I was just flipping channels. I don't even watch American football, but I flipped and I noticed like there was, there was one in the middle of a football game. There was one in the middle of an NBA game. It's been, it's everywhere. Argyle is everywhere. It's frightening when they have to invest that much money into uh, marketing a product. Yeah. Although we saw the trailer and it looked really good. It does look fun. There were some initial reviews. Now, there's still an embargo. I did not find the sound bite. I'm sorry, Jason. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm going to do it then. Okay. Embargo! <laughs> I feel better now. Okay. But there is currently a review embargo until the movie actually comes out. But there were some initial reactions, if you will, to the movie. But, of course, they were all positive because, I mean, 
people want to continue going and reviewing movies for things. <laughs> right, right, and getting access to seeing said movies. Right. So, of course, they're all positive. Um, they also dropped the what I can only guess is the Argyle theme song. It's called Electric Energy, which is like this snappy disco tune that was written and performed by Ariana DeBose, Boy George, and Niall Rogers. It's... Fine. It's an interesting combo. It is an interesting combo. It's it's, it's fine. It's it just, seems funny to me that you've got Dua Lipa in the movie, but you don't have her do the song for it. Yeah. I mean, Madonna wasn't in Die Another Day either. No. She did the theme song and she was in the movie. She was in the movie? Oh, yeah. Where was she in the movie? She was the uh, fencing instructor of Miss Frost. Of Miranda Frost. Oh, that's right. Yeah, where and Bond has to like zip up her yeah. corset or yeah, tighten yeah. up her corset. I remember. You know why yeah. I forgot? It's because it's like every other Madonna performance in a movie. <laughs> you don't remember it when you're watching it, and let you alone tend after to, you're done. And you tend to not want to remember it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah, so we will see. I'm sure uh, the uh, CIC will be doing a first reactions of our own, probably with a little less uh, filtration going on. <laughs> there will still be a lot of hair commentary there will be hair commentary and there will be actual opinions given not just paid opinions given (laughs) i'll go ahead and make a prediction on this one it's going to be perfectly adequate okay and have a lot of bad hair that sounds about what there might be a cat there's definitely a cat i mean i don't know if it's a real cat it could be a cgi cat but there's definitely a cat it's definitely a cat and it's got samuel l jackson so i'm gonna go out on a limb and say there's gonna be at least one motherfucker (laughs) in this movie at some point in time. Well, and I would say that whatever percentage that Samuel L. Jackson is in the movie, that's going to be guaranteed good part of the movie. Oh, absolutely. So that's, that for me, at least I'm like, well, there's going to be at least some part of this movie that I'm going to like. And it doesn't seem from the trailer he's going to have some weird lisp thing going on. No, no. Just, so, uh, so apparently just a- got different direction from Matt this time around. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out that Argyle won't be the only spy movie featuring uh, Henry Cavill. Yay. Yes. Uh, coming out this first half of the year. The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare has... Now set their release date for April 19th, which I'm very excited about. That one. Me too. I think that, so Guy Ritchie has been on this run where he's just making movies like mad and he's making them very quickly. Yes. I feel like this is one of those ones where he's not just playing the numbers game. Like, I feel like this one could actually It feels like it's going to be a Guy Ritchie movie. Well, it's certainly going to be a Guy Ritchie movie, but I mean, I think about... uh, Operation Ruse de Guerre, longest title ever for a movie. Yeah, I think about that, and that felt very rushed and just sort of not... Unfinished. Unfinished, almost throwaway. Yeah. I mean, it was still entertaining, but it was... It felt like there could have been a lot more yeah, that one tender, was a COVID, loving care. That one was put a COVID baby too, though. So there's you have to take yeah, some account into that. There was some production issues going on with that one. So, but I have high hopes for this Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Um, to quickly remind the listeners, uh, the movie, which is based upon recently declassified files of the British War Department. Uh, tells the story of the first ever special forces organization formed during World War II by the UK Prime Minister Winston Churchill and a small group of military officials, including author Ian Fleming. Did he write anything that anybody knows about? Uh, I think he wrote this, uh, I think it was this book about this guy named Jimmy Bond. Jimmy Bond. Jimmy Bond, yeah. Oh, that's right. He was like some sort of like burnout alcoholic that killed people or something. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. He died from like liver failure, I think is what happened to him. (laughs) Either that or a giant bomb that just, (laughs) 
Anyway, I'm not even going to get into that. Um, but the uh, <laughs> this film has a stacked cast. Just to name a couple people, Henry Cavill, obviously, Isa Gonzalez, Alan Richson from the Reacher series, Henry Golding, and Carrie Elwes. So again, with the Carrie Again, Elvis. yeah. I think that one's going to be a banger. Right. One, I'm probably looking more forward to that than I am Argyle, if I'm to be quite I absolutely honest. absolutely <laughs> am. I mean, Argyle's, honestly, Argyle, I'm, I'm sort of like, I'm feeling like I'm waiting till that shows up on Netflix. Yeah. I mean, know? it's going to be silly. You know it's going to be a gonna super be silly. silly movie. It's going to be enjoyable, but it's not pulling me in enough to pay above and beyond what I'm already paying Netflix to not watch it. So um, I feel like I get my right. money's worth for February for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like I, if this, even if I knew that uh, the ministry of ungentlemanly warfare was coming out on a streaming service two weeks or so afterwards, I would still go to the theater on a special uh, CIC yes. advanced mission yes. to watch it in there. There are some directors I feel you have to watch on a big screen. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Matthew Vaughn, you're not one of them. <laughs> um, but a Guy Ritchie film is meant to be seen in a theater. It definitely is. And definitely so is. I will go and see it in the theater. Hey, Jason. Hey, Ben. We got cruise news. What? Cruise news. <laughs> what is the theme song to Blues Clues? We should just like do a Tom Cruise song. Tom to that. Cruise song? Okay. <laughs> Keep Not that off. I know it. I haven't watched Blues Clues in like, I don't know. 20 some odd years <laughs> i'll get to work right away on that <laughs> uh, but there was a uh, press release that was issued stating and i quote uh warner brothers motion picture group and tom cruise are to jointly develop and produce original and franchise theatrical films starring cruise beginning in 2024 under newly formed strategic partnership <sighs> take a breath um oh, that's a lot of words yeah it's a lot of words So, yeah, that is happening, and this sort of comes on the heels of the rumors that are swirling that Paramount's going to be bought out either by Discovery or WB or... I don't even know who owns who anymore. Warner Brothers and Discovery are currently an amalgamated company. Okay. So So they're looking to possibly add Paramount to the stable. Jesus. Which I'm I'm curious... And don't they already own HBO? Isn't that part of the whole Max extended universe? Yeah, Yeah, they do. Wow. And I, I, I don't remember from the article whether they were going to pull out CBS... With that, because CBS <laughs> owns Paramount. Oh, that's right. Not Paramount owning CBS. That's it's right. The other way around. So I don't, I don't they, remember would... if Viacom owns everybody, but like Viacom used to own CBS, Paramount, MTV, all the other weird cable channels that aren't yeah. owned by Discovery. Right. I don't know. I mean, Disney bought Fox, but they had a tactical reason for buying Fox. Even Sony's like, you could buy our movie stuff if you want for a lot of money. <laughs> Do you want your Spider-Man back? Here you go. (laughs) This one seems like a weird flex for Warner Brothers. Yeah. I don't think that's going to make much difference as far as Mission Impossible 8. No. In that article, they did specifically say it does not affect his agreement with Paramount. Okay. It's just he's also signed on to do content with... Warner Bros. I wonder if he's hedging his bets, if he's seeing sort of what's what's happening. I mean, and I'm just going to go off on a minor, minor rant here. It's just there's been a string of articles talking about how Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 underperformed. And there's theory, you know, there's a lot of theories about why. And I really like one of the biggest ones I just read recently was talking about how them putting Part 1 at the end of the title. Yes. 
was a huge deterrent to people going to see the movie. I think I actually said something about that when we first started covering the stuff on here. It's very unusual to throw that into a movie because I think we were talking about Dune as well. Yeah. But Denny came out saying, you have to do it in two. There's no way around it. And anybody who'd ever read the book's like, yeah, that's that's actually true. Right. You know, but in a sequential amount of movies, you don't really throw a number on it unless there's a Star Wars in the title right. for it to be effectively. And they don't ever say Star Wars part. It's just episode. So it's a fancy way of saying part. Right. Right. And sure, there's some credibility to that, to the whole part one, part two, because it sort of gives off this daunting challenge almost to the to the viewer but my big thing i still maintain that the barbenheimer thing is what really sunk mission impossible dead reckoning is because paramount was didn't know what the hell they were doing as far as releasing when to release the movie they barely got any imax screens it was only out for a few weeks before oppenheimer came out and just destroyed Everything in its path, <laughs> which no, no pun intended, but you know, when when you think about like the two big alien movies of 1982 were The Thing mm-hmm. and ET, and if I recall correctly, and anybody out there, feel free to correct me. I believe The Thing came out two weeks before ET did, and it came out in limited release because the John Carpenter movie that was supposed to go to national. So by the time it went to full national release. E.T. was there. And had smashed everything. And destroyed everything. Yeah. So here's this great movie, probably John Carpenter's best movie ever made that he ever made. Sure. And it's fabulous horror, science fiction, all this other stuff. Right. But nobody gave a shit because, ah, <laughs> right? Right. Right. The Spielberg juggernaut was in full effect and that movie got crushed. And yet, objectively- It's a better the movie. Thing is, the thing is a significantly better movie than E.T. Right. Right. So, you know, it's not about the quality. Sometimes yeah. it's just about- Picking the right lane and going. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. If Mission had come out a month earlier. Or a month later. Or eh, two months later. because Two months later, That yeah. train was for the rest of the summer. If they'd made it like a fall release. Oh, it would have smashed. It would have killed everything that was in that market. Yeah. So you're right. It suffered from that. But how the- does a movie underperform that makes how many mo- much money? That uh, Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's like, well, that's the thing is part of this is, is that the goalposts have been moved. Yes. And now, you know, if it doesn't make close to a billion, it's, consi- it's now considered a failure. It's now considered a failure. And the only reason why it didn't make as much profit, everybody knows this. They tried to keep shooting during the pandemic. That thing was, you know, cursed by the pandemic. And so their budget, you know, inflated yep. to, to get the thing done. That's not that's not a true reflection of of whether the movie was successfully received. You no. know what I mean? No, and I mean it, it clearly it, it it made money. It was yeah. not like a box office flop. Right. Right. But they've all been trending downward. Not no, I don't know. They, though? No, Haven't no, because Fallout was huge. Yeah, but after Fallout, uh, it's dead reckoning. <laughs> I can never remember. Can we just go to numbers? Because <laughs> the names are too hard for me to yeah. keep track of. No, I mean because we went one did well, mm-hmm. two was amazingly well. Who was fuck? Who was fuck? And then after two, then three did not do very well. Oh. Even though, I mean, most people would probably argue it's a better movie than significantly than better two. movie, but yeah. Right. And then Ghost Protocol did well again. And then based on the strength of Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation did really well. And then based on the strength of Rogue Nation, Fallout did even better than that. And then now we had a little bit of a dip. So 
I mean, it could be a, a number of different things. It could be just natural ebb and flow mm-hmm. of popularity or people's willingness to go watch a, a Mission Impossible movie. Well, and then the investment in time. Yeah. And it's almost three hours long. It's only to find out it's not over at the end. <laughs> right. So maybe not well, advertising knew- that it's not over at the end is a better way to get people into it almost three hours. Not advertising that it's not over at the end and telling them that it's only part one. Right. Just let them come in and be pissed off at you after the fact. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was almost like Paramount was like, you know, these people are loyal. We can't jake, we can't yank their chains. We're gonna give them the full skinny. Just don't ever give them the full skinny. That's right. <laughs> Just don't do it. Just don't. But one last little kernel of uh, Mission Impossible news, because there's not much, but I am a loyal follower of Simon Pegg on Instagram. I highly recommend if if you're into the Mission movies and you like Simon Pegg, follow him on Instagram because he's got this cool thing that he does on the weekends, on Saturday mornings. He goes for a walk with his dogs and he posts the whole video on, on Instagram, his story, and he talks about stuff and it's usually very entertaining. And he dropped this little tiny kernel while he was talking about the Oscars and while he was talking about this and that and his dogs and what have you. He mentioned that his he was growing his beard out. He looked a little scraggly. He's like, well, I have to have this grown out because next week they're going to make me look like Benji again and they have to have enough hair to like make it look correct. So Mission is going to start filming again. They are back in production for, for Mission Impossible 8 since we no longer know what the actual name of the movie is anymore because they are clearly backing up and punting sure and just putting a new a new name on it i think it's going to be mission impossible red deckening <laughs> sure why not but, there uh, is a submarine mission <laughs> impossible there's a submarine the end the end Great news for uh, fans of Slow Horses, and I'm very excited about this. A fifth season has been greenlit now and uh, will be adapted from the fifth book in the series called London Rules. There's no word just yet on who will be directing, but the logline for the story reads, Everyone is suspicious when resident tech nerd Roddy Ho has a glamorous new girlfriend, but when a series of increasingly bizarre events occur across the city, it falls to the Slow Horses to work out how everything is connected. Which is a really weird logline. Like, how did they somehow connect Roddy's girlfriend with this other stuff? Like, it's just weird that they, that maybe they were just, how do we encapsulate this entire season in a single sentence? Right. <laughs> like, what are the highlights of season five going to be? Immediately, I'm like, who's playing the glamorous girlfriend? Right. What is the definition of glamorous for the people who produce this show? Right. Is it like an influencer? Is it a, I don't know. But uh, Gary Oldman, Kristen Scott Thomas, Jack Loudon, and Christopher Chung are all confirmed (laughs) to return, which does leave a couple names off that list. And if you've watched season three, you know that a couple people were fired. I won't say who. Um. Not fired from the show, in the storyline, I should say. Probably a good clarification. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But uh, no word yet on when season four is going to be released. As far as I know, it's done. It's been shot because they shot three and four consecutively. I just, there's no word. When do they typically release the show? Usually in the fall. My my guess is is next fall. Probably won't change that up very much. Yeah, yeah. So uh, not a whole lot kicking around with that uh, fella named James Bond. You mean Jimmy Bond? Jimmy Bond. The yeah, one that, same, what's his name? Yeah, the alcoholic um, that, that the kills alcoholic people. The alcoholic with the liver condition that's <laughs> written by the uh, extremely ungentlemanly war fairy Yeah, that guy, Ian Fleming guy. Ian Flem, Flegum, 
Flamingo. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That fella. That fella. That fella. So uh, there's some stuff. Uh, Eon has recently announced the release of an expanded remastered version of the Octopussy soundtrack for the 40th anniversary this year. Here's my beef. The soundtrack will be released as a double CD set. Who owns a CD player anymore? I do. All right, fine. Fine. I mean, I've owned it for 20 years, but I <laughs> right. own one. I own one CD player, and it's the one in my car. Okay, I'm sorry, I have two. <laughs> so, I just find it weird that that's the only way that they're going to sell this thing. I mean, I'm sure eventually you'll be able to get it on iTunes or whatever, but it's like, I, I mean, yeah. even even vinyl is more popular than CDs at this point. But I feel like, like this vinyl one could end up on Mondo or something like that. That's true. Like I would cross-market with a manufacturer that does that. Yeah, fingers crossed, because I would certainly prefer it on vinyl. Um, because who doesn't want to hear, wiki, 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 Because all vinyl enthusiasts scratch, but I digress. They are giving the same treatment to uh, Live and Let Die for its 50th anniversary, which is taking place this year as well. Hmm. So I might have to look into that one. Yeah. Also in Bond news, and this one I may also act upon, uh, is the uh, Bond in Motion exhibit is coming to the International Spy Museum in Washington, D.C. starting March 1st, according to the little blurb on 007.com. The uh, DC exhibit will feature 17 vehicles from the 007 film series, ranging from the Aston Martin DBS from Quantum of Solace to the Jaguar XKR from Die Another Day. Uh, other highlights include the submarine from For Your Eyes Only and the MR Glastron boat from Moonraker, offering a journey chronicling James Bond's 60 plus years of adventures. And amazingly enough, an affordable price tag of $12. Well, until you throw in the cost of flying to Washington, D.C. Well, yeah, for me. Staying in Washington, D.C. Right, sure. Not getting shot in Washington, (laughs) D.C. Yeah, there's all those things. (laughs) All those things. But nonetheless, kind of nice that there is a uh, domestic exhibit going on now for us U.S. fans. And then one final little bit of Bond news. Uh, Dame Shirley Bassey has now become a member of the Order of the Companions of Honor. One of the top honors in Britain for her services to music. So, uh, and she is the 64th living member of that order. Congratulations to uh, Miss Bassey. And we got another little thing here in TV news. Um, according to Deadline, there's a reboot in the works for the Avengers. Not, not Marvel's not, The Avengers. Not the Marvel's The Avengers. We're talking about Steed and Mrs. Peel here. Correct. Studio Canal, which owns the rights. Apparently has been plotting a reboot for some time. Mickey Down and Conrad Kay, who are the writing team behind the HBO slash BBC series Industry, have been working on the scripts for the series with Ben Taylor, who is the director of the show Sex Education, which is a great show, actually. It is, really. Also, it's got Scully in it. Looking. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, and, and one of Margot Robbie's many, many clones. Yeah, she, oh my God, she looks so similar. And when she was in Barbie, it was like. Yeah, I know. It's like, wait, what? Am I seeing double? But uh, yeah, Ben Taylor uh, is set to direct the series and is also a co-creator. It hasn't been determined just yet where this might land, despite the fact that it's sort of under the HBO umbrella of things at the moment. No word on that just yet. And casting hasn't begun yet either. Also of note, you know, there's been some talk ever since this news came out that, you know, are they actually going to be able to use the, the name, the Avengers? People are dumb. Or is Marvel going to be... They can't. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure the Avengers property existed prior to the comic book Avengers. Okay. And there's a reason why it's Marvel's The, the Avengers. Avengers. And oh, not I see. The Avengers by Marvel or whatever else. Right. I will say that previous comic book adaptations worked around the issue by calling it Steed and Mrs. Peel instead of calling it The Avengers. But that could have just been for clarity for the, the general public. And also... Might have been because it's a comic book. Yes. And the comic book Avengers probably right. predated any of the the Avengers, the Avengers right. comic book. I just look forward to making this really confusing conversation as we go into the future. <laughs> Can I say I hope we get Emma Mackey from Sex Education to play? Mrs. Peel. Uh, Mrs. Peel. And I don't care who we get for the dude. As long as it's not Asa Butterfield because that shit will not work. <laughs> And, I, you know, the movie that they did back in, was it the 90s? Yeah, with, uh, with Rafe, Rafe Fiennes. And, and Uma and Sean Connery, yes. the bad guy, <laughs> which is maybe the best part of that whole movie. <laughs> the only good part of that movie. I mean, for me, I'm like, could we just get Henry Cavill to play John Steed? We're, we should be good to go then, right? Well, I mean, he is playing every spy but Bond. Right. So Wouldn't just, it be funny <laughs> if we just kept on doing that? Right. Like, we get to Mission Impossible 10, and all of a sudden, He's his Ethan character Hunt. comes back from the dead as Ethan. Right. Or if, if nothing else, let's get Cruz in a Henry Cavill mask just for the shits and giggles of it. <laughs> How is Henry Cavill still alive? How is Henry Cavill so short? Yeah. How, where did Tom Cruise? You'd have to have like a whole muscle suit at that point. <laughs> right. It would just be like like in the old Bugs Bunny cartoons. <laughs> he'd just pull a zipper down right. and all of a sudden he was a you know, girl and then he was like <laughs> Pepe Le Pew. And one final little bit of intel, and I do like this one. It's been disclosed recently on all the rags that Kate Blanchett and uh, Michael Fassbender are now attached to a spy thriller from Steven Soderbergh called Black Bag. The script was written by David Kep, who wrote Jurassic Park, the first Mission Impossible movie, the latest indie movie, and the 2002 Spider-Man movie, just writes, to name a few. He writes a lot of He things. writes a ton of shit. Yeah. So, and then Soderbergh would direct. So that... That will not feels, suck. That will not suck. And that just sounds great. Like all the way down the line. I mean, from who wrote it, who's starring in it, who's directing it. I don't see any flaws in that. The thing. only thing that could make that movie not be successful is another pandemic. Indeed. indeed. Let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> but uh, that is pretty much it for Intel today. Just keeping it short and sweet. I will say on one quick note, you know, as much as we love our tens of listeners to give us a glowing sparkling five-star review on the podcast streaming device of their choosing. Reviews are great and everything, and we love them. We always will love them, and we'll always point them out. But you know what takes less time, probably, and helps just as much, if not more, is telling your friends. Tell your friends about the CIC. Tell your peeps at work. Hell, tell your dad or your mom or tell somebody about it. I mean... Tell your dog if your dog is an avid podcast listener. That's right. So, uh, you know, I've heard, you know, this is brand new thing out there called word of mouth. It's, it's just, it's a... it's a, it's. Was that something the so, youths are using these days? I guess that's what the kids are doing. You know, what they do. So the idea is, is they go hang out in person with each other. I know. Crazy, what? right? I know. They hang out in person and then they tell each other things that they recommend things to each other that they should try out. Are you sure about this? I'm pretty sure. Where did you find this out? Was this on some sort of internet thing? <laughs> yeah, well, it was <laughs> it was on Instagram. So, <laughs> but yeah, sounds like a good idea. And I bet it would really help the CIC out. Just tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. But uh, any last thoughts before we get out of here? No. Uh, short, sweet, 
I'm sure we'll have quite a bit more coming very, very soon. But uh, with that, I'm Ben. And I'm Jason. And the CIC will return with more missions, more martinis, and more mayhem.